were going to do this. And uh, he was uh, accusing God of doing something that uh, was not okay with Jonah. So he was uh, pretty upset and even irate at God. And we talked about that um, a lot more last week. But uh, tonight we're going to be uh, in Genesis chapter number 24. We're going to look at Eliezer's prayer. Eliezer, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but uh, Eliezer, we'll go with that. Um, his prayer in Genesis chapter number 24. And, and this is, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know for those who watch Hallmark, uh, Hallmark and all the different love movies that are on there. And, you know, uh, this, uh, Genesis chapter 24, uh, beats all of those combined, okay? Uh, because, of course, this really happened and those did not. Uh, those are just, uh, and they all have the same plot, by the way. Uh, there's always some type of cookies, and uh, they're baking cookies in there, and uh, there's some type of, the, the plot is very similar in every one of those Hallmark uh, movies. Well, uh, Genesis chapter 24 is a love story that uh, the Lord orchestrated, and the Lord worked it out, and it is a beautiful story. Uh, let's pick it up in, in verse 1 of chapter 24. We're going to read down through uh, verse 14. And uh, we're really going to focus tonight on chat, verses 12 through 14. But uh, we're going to look at uh, several of these verses. The Bible says in uh, Genesis 24, verse number 1, uh, my wife just came in and I just got done preaching, on, preaching against Hallmark movies. So there you go. Um, I'm... You need to go back and listen to this message, Mrs. Just kidding. Uh, Genesis 24, verse 1. The Bible says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. Now, that's obviously a little awkward. Uh, we would feel pretty uncomfortable doing that in our modern day uh, scenario, but this was a, this was a type of a contract, an agreement, and this is how they did that back in those days. I'm glad times have changed uh, because I would not be comfortable doing that. Verse number three, um, here uh, Abraham says, And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, Thou shalt go into my country, into my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou, uh, that thou, that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and uh, which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto uh, my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor. 
And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, and here's the prayer of Eleazar, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. And uh, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll get right into it tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us again to gather in this place with these uh, wonderful people that uh, make up this church family. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you would help us to have open hearts to what you'd have for us tonight, and help us, Lord, to be willing to um, apply these truths to our prayer life. And uh, we just ask that you would guide and direct our thoughts in the next few minutes. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. So as we read through this passage, and really all the way through chapter 24, you're never going to find the name Eliezer. <laughs> you're just going to see the name Servant. Um, most Bible scholars do believe that it was Eliezer that uh, Abraham commissioned to go find a son for uh, his, um, his servant to go find a bride for his son. There we go. And, uh, but we do find his name listed in Genesis chapter number 15. If you want to just uh, flip back there, Genesis 15 and verse number 2. Uh, it says, Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. So here we have a name of the steward of his house, and uh here in uh, verse number um, 2, it says, of chap back to chapter 24 in verse 2, Abraham said unto his eldest servant uh, of his house. So most people believe that it was Eliezer, was the same individual. Whether it is or isn't doesn't really make a difference, but we're going to really kind of examine uh, this particular prayer. And uh, so Abraham wanted, uh, he was, Abraham was about, the Bible says he was old and well-stricken in age, so if you think you're old, uh, you haven't really ever reached old because Abraham was 140 years old-ish um, here. So when the Bible says he was old and well-stricken in age, 140 years old, yeah, you're there. Um, I was reading about uh, somebody who, uh, a lady who lived to be 100 and, I think 120-something, and uh, I think her secret to... Somebody asked her, you know, okay, you, how did you get this? What's your secret, you know? Prune juice? What is it? <laughs> she said, Twinkies. I was like, that's, that's my friend right there. And uh, my wife thinks Twinkies are poison. No, no, you can live to be 122 years old uh, eating Twinkies. So um, I don't know, and I could be wrong on the, 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 the amount of, you, you look it up later. I'm probably wrong on the details there. But Twinkies was in the story. I promise you that. That I'm not wrong about. I remember that one. Well, Abraham was old, and his son Isaac uh, was 
Okay, if, if Abraham was about 140 years old, how old was Isaac? Remember, he, Isaac was born when Abraham was 100 years old, so that makes Isaac 40 years old. So there we go. And uh, it was time for Isaac to get married, and Abraham was realizing that his time here on earth, his days were numbered. And so he really wanted, uh, he was really burdened about making sure that his son had a wife. But that it was not just any wife. In verse number three, um, he made the he he made the servant swear this. He says, "I will make thee swear by the Lord God of heaven and the God of the earth that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell." He said, "I, I I'm not content with you just getting any uh, any spouse for my my son. I want I want to make sure that he's." Uh, or she is, uh, she knows the Lord. Uh, she is a believer in God, and uh, so um, Abraham believed and practiced the biblical principle found in Second Corinthians six and verse number fourteen and fifteen, uh, where the Apostle Paul said this: "Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness?" And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And so Abraham said, I don't want my son marrying an unbeliever. It's just not going to happen. And so we're not even going to entertain that, uh, that, uh, that concept at all. That's why as a youth pastor, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I often told our teenagers in our youth group to never, never, and I had this all on the screen, didn't I, Mrs.? Um, it was like probably 15 or 18 different nevers on there. That, that they should never, 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 never. And then in their outlines, like I give you, I would put this and there would be like 15 or 18 blanks that they would have to write each one of the nevers. Because I wanted it to stick in their minds and I said that they should never, 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 never even consider dating an unsaved person. Not even to ever let that cross their minds. Because see, the very most important box to check when considering uh, someone to date or to marry is whether or not they are Christian. First and foremost, no check in that box, then no date, period. I mean, well, they're really good looking and they like me and... Sorry, if they're not a Christian, they're not dating material. I, I apologize. Uh, but, but they're really nice and they're super kind. Well, but that's great. But are they Christian? No. Well, then, then we don't date. Uh, that's, that's what Abraham's uh, mindset was here in verses 3 and 4. He said, you're not going to take... I, I know there's some beautiful Canaanite women out there uh, that probably would be, you know, super good looking, but... No, they've got to know the Lord. That's first and foremost. And so he says in verse number four, Thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. That's where uh, I want you to go, uh, Mr. Eliezer. And so uh, he does. And uh, the servant said, and, and there's some uh, conversation that goes along there. Um, and so really this, this particular account of the father sending a servant to find a bride for his son uh, points to the fact that God the Father would one day send the Holy Spirit to find a bride for the Son of God, Jesus. And uh, that's happening even now. 
The Holy Spirit is going throughout this world and uh, trying to find a bride and bring together a bride, the bride of Christ, which is the church, which is the true believers uh, together. And, and that's, a, that's a definitely a worthy study. We could uh, expound on that a little bit more. But tonight we're going to focus on the prayer that Eliezer prayed as he arrived on the scene there in Nahor of Mesopotamia. Let's pick it up in verse number 10 here. It says, uh, well, verse 9, the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and said, I'm going to do it. Uh, you can count on me. I'm your man. Well, verse 10, so the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master, and they ended up going to Nahor, uh, which was in Mesopotamia. Um, and then here he prays in verse number 12, O Lord God of my master, Abraham, I pray thee, and he goes down through the prayer. And, and we'll kind of dissect it a little bit as we go through this message. So tonight, let's look at four characteristics of this prayer that Eliezer prayed, and, and hopefully uh, we'll include these characteristics in our prayers as well. First of all, uh, it was a significant prayer. It was a significant prayer. Because you see this particular task that uh, Eliezer was given by Abraham was a significant task. And so as a result, the prayer that he prayed here was, was very important. Um, he, he knew that this was uh, of utmost importance. Um, let me see here. I don't really have the reference down. Um, but let me see if I can find it. Yes, verse number 7. Um, the Lord God of heaven, this is Abraham explaining to the servant how important this particular task is. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me and all that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Um, so basically it's, I need to find a wife for my son so that the seed can continue, so that God can continue to keep his promise. And uh, so you're going to be the guy that's going to find the wife, that's going to uh, complete the puzzle, and uh, then we would have some grandchildren, and, and on it goes. Now, we know that ultimately, out of Abraham and Sarah would come the line of the Messiah. The Messiah would come through that line. And he did. He did. Um, and so Isaac got married to, this is a little spoiler alert for the end of the story here, end of chapter 12, uh, but uh, a lady by the name of Rebecca. Isaac and Rebecca got married, and then they had children. And out of that line came Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter number 1 if you want to just flip over there for just a quick second, we'll just take a peek at this. Matthew chapter 1 uh, records the genealogy from um, Abraham all the way down to Joseph. And verse number 2 of Matthew chapter 1 says, Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob. Well, how did Isaac begat Jacob without a wife? Uh, there needed to be a wife there to beget, uh, beget Jacob. And so this prayer here was an absolutely significant prayer. No, no Rebecca, then no, potentially no Savior. Now, I know that God's sovereignty was at play here, and he was going to make this happen. Uh, but 
This was a significant prayer in that it had eternal implications. And uh, so Matthew records how Abraham beget Jacob and then, or I'm sorry, Isaac and then Isaac beget Jacob. And then if you go over to Luke chapter number three, here's the other genealogy in the life of Christ. Matthew covers from Abraham all the way through to uh, Joseph, the uh, stepdad to Jesus. Luke records um, all the way from actually Adam all the way to Mary. And uh, as you look into this, I'll let you do the study on your own, but uh, most Bible scholars do believe that this is Mary's uh, genealogy. And the reason her name is not mentioned here is because uh, women were not typically uh, highlighted in those days. And so when it says in verse number uh, 23 that uh, Jesus is a son of Joseph and Joseph, which was the son of Heli, or yeah, Heli, um, Joseph was the son-in-law to Heli, and it was almost as if he was a son. So uh, that's, the, uh, that's what most Bible uh, commentators and scholars believe, that this is technically uh, Mary's genealogy. But if you go all the way to, let's see, um, verse 34, the Bible says, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham. So again, Eliezer's prayer in Genesis 24 uh, is instrumental in uh, allowing the lineage of Christ to continue on uh, so that Jesus would eventually be born. Okay, back to Genesis 24. Both genealogies go through Abraham and then through Isaac and then th through Jacob. And then they split at David. Uh, Matthew, uh, his genealogy splits at David and goes through Solomon, his son Solomon, to show the royal line, uh, showing ultimately that Jesus was the king of the Jews, the Messiah. Okay, Luke goes through Nathan, David's son Nathan. Not Nathan the prophet, a different Nathan, uh, one of David's other sons to show the bloodline uh, to Jesus. Um, so now it was a significant prayer that he prayed here in Genesis 24 because it had eternal implications. Now it's a reminder that all of our lives tonight are not insignificant in God's eyes. This servant was just like, well, I'm just a servant of a pretty wealthy man by the name of Abraham. Yeah, he was, but he was on a very significant task. And uh, our lives are also significant in God's eyes, and you just never know what kind of eternal implications are in your prayers as well. Um, let's say you pray for someone to be healed, and uh, God answers that prayer. They are healed from that particular disease or sickness, then later on, they're able to minister and lead someone to the Lord, perhaps. And then that person, perhaps, becomes a preacher. Starts a church, goes to the mission field. And you never know that that particular prayer to, for God to heal them and to raise them up from that sickness would eventually lead to many, many people getting saved. You just never know what kind of significance your prayers and mine can have uh, when it counts to when it comes to eternity. So uh, this particular prayer was was significant. And by the way, I don't think there's any insignificant prayers that we can pray. 
say, well, but I got a hangnail and it really hurts and it's just not going away. And I, I want to, you know, if that's really distracting you, then it might be great for that to, um, there's really no insignificant prayers out there. And so keep praying. They're all significant when it comes to the Lord. All right, it was a significant prayer. Secondly, uh, I see that it was a specific prayer. It was a very specific prayer in Genesis 24, uh, verse number 12. I'm sorry, let's pick it up here in verse number 14. Here's where he gets into some specific prayer requests. He says, Let it come to pass, Lord, that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camel's drink also. Then let that same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. I mean, imagine you being in the Eliezer's shoes, sandals, okay? Crocs, maybe. Maybe she, he was wearing Crocs back in those days. Uh, Brother David, I, I threw that in in, uh, in honor of you. You're the only crock wearer I know. Any other crock wearers in the house? Oh, we got a crock. Okay, okay. Little uh, little click, crock click going on here, okay? Um, anyway, so uh, if you were in his sandals or crocs, then uh, imagine going, okay, I'm going to go to this town, and I'm like, how am I going to know who the one God wants for Isaac? How am I going to know that? And so instead of just kind of going, well, I hope he shows me, he spends a moment and makes a specific prayer request. So he prayed that the appointed damsel would offer him something to drink and that she would also offer to give water to all of his camels. Now, how many camels did he bring? Oh, good. I'm glad you were paying attention. Ten camels. Verse number ten. The answer is in the number of the verse there. Uh, the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master. Now, this was a tremendous big ask because these camels could drink five gallons of waters each. So five times ten, math whizzes, how, much, how many gallons of water is that? Fifty! Look at you on a Wednesday night, still thinking. Good job. Fifty gallons of water. So he was saying, okay, uh, Lord... I want this damsel to be willing to draw out and give 50 gallons of water to my camels, not to mention a little bit for me too. Now, Eliezer knew that it would only be God that could make that happen. There was no other way. This wasn't just coinkadink. This would only have to be God that could do it. Now, James tells us that many times in our lives we have not because we ask not. We're good at being vague in our prayers. Oh, Lord, would you just bless me today? Would you just bless our church? I'm not saying that's a bad prayer to pray. But uh, I think we've been learning, even when we looked at Paul's prayer for the Ephesians and how specific he was, and the spiritual prayer request that he had for that, those believers there in Ephesus. It wasn't just, please bless those believers there. It was specific things that he was asking God to do in their hearts. Uh, 
I wonder how many blessings and prayers go unanswered in our lives because we're simply too vague. And we just are very general. Please bless America. Well, that's a, not a bad prayer to pray, but how, how do you know if he's blessing America? What about, Lord, here's a specific prayer request for America. Here's a specific prayer request I have for me today. So the encouragement for us tonight is to put away these vague generalities and vain repetitions in our prayer life because God delights to answer prayer. Why? Because he gets the most glory from answering specific prayer so that everybody knows there's no mistake it was God that answered that prayer. And you know for sure, wow, I prayed for something specific and boom, God did it. And you know it was God that did it. I remember my wife was praying for um, her grandfather who was suffering very much from Alzheimer's, dementia. And uh, it was really draining on the family. And uh, his health wasn't amazing at the time. And so she said, Lord, please... I would like for you to take him before the end of this month. If, if he's not going to get any better, would you please take him right at the end of this month? And it was the last day of the month that he ended up passing. It was a specific prayer request, and God answered that prayer, and it was very obvious that God answered that prayer. See, because it was a specific prayer request. Philippians 4.6, remember Paul? said this to us and to the church at Philippi. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And here it is. Let your requests be made known unto God. There is, that's an instruction to be specific in your requests, isn't it? To not just be general and these, you know, hey, bless all the sick people in the world. No, specific prayer requests. Remember the blind, man in, blind, blind men in Matthew 20 were asked by the Lord, uh, What will ye, Jesus said this, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, please bless us. No, that's not what they prayed. They said, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. That is a specific prayer request. The next verse says, So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Their prayer was specific and God answered it and it was obvious that God answered it because it was a specific prayer request. So here in Genesis 24 is Eliezer prays. It was a significant prayer, but it was also a specific prayer. And uh, the encouragement for all of us is to be specific in our prayers. Uh, number three, not only was it uh, significant and specific, it was also a sure prayer. I think this is part of the reason some of us don't get specific with our prayers is because we're not sure that God will answer. But Eliezer was. He had a confidence. He had an assurance that God would answer this specific request with the specific details. James, James chapter 1 and verse number 5. We're familiar with this verse. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But the next verse says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. 
For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Uh, when we pray, let's not pray like we're afraid to ask for specifics because then we're kind of putting God on the spot, aren't we? But God likes to be put on the spot. He is well capable of handling and answering specific prayer requests in our life. And so be sure, be confident when you pray. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus, the words of our Savior said this, In all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. That, that word believing, sometimes we remove from our own prayer life, though. We pray going, yeah, yeah, the Lord's not going to answer this one. He hasn't answered anything for me in a long time. Uh, but whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, Jesus said, believing you shall receive. 1 Timothy 2.8, Paul said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. A lot of times we pray, but there's a lot of doubt in our prayer. Um, God wants us to have sh surety in our hearts that God is going to answer this. I think Eliezer, I believe really Eliezer was like, I know this is going to happen. I know that God's going to answer this prayer. He had all the faith in the world. Mark eleven twenty four says this, Therefore I say unto you, what, so, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Those are the words of Christ. Say, well, that's, kind of crazy uh you take it up with him he's the one that said it it's his promise matthew thirteen fifty eight. this is a super one of the most saddest verses in the bible matthew thirteen fifty eight says this and he did not many mighty works there because of their anybody know the next word unbelief i wonder how many times that god would want to do many mighty works in my life, but he doesn't because of my unbelief. I wonder how many times God would have blessed our church or your life, but because of our unbelief, God says, they didn't believe that I could do it, but I can. So his prayer was sure. He was sure that God was going to answer this. And so Eliezer's prayer was significant, it was specific, and it was sure. But fourthly, it was also a successful prayer. God answered his prayer. Let's read, uh, let's read on here in verse 15. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, he didn't even get to, in Jesus' name, amen yet, right? In his prayer, he didn't even you know, open his eyes or whatever. I mean, he was still praying while he was, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. Okay, so technically, Rebekah was Isaac's cousin. Now, back in those days, it wasn't as awkward and weird to get married to your cousin as it is today. And I know some states like Arkansas, that's a thing there. Uh, just anyway, uh, we'll move on. Um, but uh, 
Rebekah comes out while he's praying this. And then verse 16, look what happens. The damsel was very fair to look upon. A virgin neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her. He was like, oh, I hope she's the one because she's a looker. And so he runs to meet her and says, uh, <clears throat> let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. So he's like, we're going to test it out on contestant number one. <laughs> and she's a looker, and I hope this is the one. Verse 18, she said, drink, my Lord. And she hasted, let down her pitcher upon her hand, and gave him drink. He's like, okay, check one. The box one is checked. Verse 19, and when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And he probably dropped his thing and went, that was quick. Wow, that's awesome. In verse 20, she hasted, emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. All, how many of them? Ten. So how many gallons is that? 50 gallons that she draws out. She probably had some biceps, I would have to think. Verse 21, and the man wondering at her, at her held his peace, but I'm sure it was like he was probably bursting at the seams wanting to tell her, you're going to get married to my master's son. But that would be an awkward thing to say so soon, right? <laughs> It'd be like, too soon, too soon. We, we, we need to keep this in. And, and he held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosper, prosperous or not. He, wasn't, he, he knew this probably was the one. When it came to pass, as the, the camels had done drinking, that the man took off, took a golden earring of half a shekel weight, two bracelets for her, hands of tens, ten shekels weight of gold, and said, um, I need to ask, whose, whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee. And is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? She said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. The man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Wow, this, this, is, this is amazing. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And so he said, Lord, I know you answered my prayer. And guess who got the glory there? Was it Rebecca? No. Was it uh, Eliezer? No, it was God that got the glory because he was willing to be specific in his prayer. Damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And again, he didn't really go into everything yet. Uh, Eliezer wasn't going to drop the bomb, but uh, he, he did eventually. And uh, let me kind of just fast forward through this whole chapter. It's a beautiful, a beautiful chapter. Um, let's pick it up in verse 61. Long story short, Rebecca arises and follows the servant to go and be Isaac's wife. Verse 61, and Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels, followed the man. The servant took Rebekah and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well, uh, something like that, for he dwelt in the south country. 
And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. By the way, Isaac had a, he was a walk with God. He went out to go and spend some time with the Lord and to meditate in the things of God. And as he does that, he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. I'm sure he was hoping that there would be uh, a lovely lady on one of those camels. Well, verse 64, Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she alighted off the camel. She said, whoa, this could be the guy, maybe. For she said in verse 65, unto the servant, what man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And she probably said it like that. Okay. Very Hallmark-ish, okay? Um, and the, the servant had said, it is my master. Therefore, she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. I'm sure he told him about, and I prayed this. And then right away, Rebecca came and God answered my prayer like instantly. And so verse 67, Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebecca and she became his wife. And he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. God answered the prayer of that servant, and as a result, uh, later on, uh, they had, Rebecca and Isaac, they had Esau and Jacob. Remember Jacob? God changed his name later to Israel, and that's kind of a significant name in the Bible and in the world today. And the rest is history. Um, but it all kind of comes from that prayer. Now, again, sometimes we're all tempted to be pretty general in our prayers because it's hard to know what to pray for in some instances. But when you know what to pray for, don't be afraid to ask God for it. doesn't mean God's going to answer every prayer that you pray the way that God answered this particular prayer, though. Remember it was Paul who prayed that the Lord would remove that thorn in the flesh? He prayed it three times, and God said, Sorry, you need that in your life to keep you humble. So just because we pray these things, this isn't a prescription that God's going to, or guarantee that God's going to answer every prayer the way you want Him to. But don't be afraid to ask for specific things. And uh, trust Him when you do. Believe, have faith. Um, too often we don't think that God can do these things anymore. Those are that, that happened in Genesis chapter 24, but this is 2021. God can't do that stuff. No, God hasn't changed. He is the Lord and He changes not. So let's uh, come to Him with faith and with uh, a surety that He can and will answer our prayers. And with that, let's go ahead and Go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll uh, look at some prayer requests, some specific prayer requests that we can bring before the Lord uh, tonight. Lord, I do thank you for allowing us to look into your word and to study this, uh, this wonderful prayer of Eliezer. Lord, I pray you'd help us to understand that all of our prayers are also very significant. Um, they also have tremendous weight and could impact eternity. Help us to understand that when we pray. Help us also to be specific and to not just use generalities and vagueness, but to trust you with specifics. 
And then, Lord, help us to have confidence and to be sure that you can answer prayer and that you have the power to do so. Help us to have faith. Increase our faith, Lord. I know I need my faith increased. And then, Lord, I, I thank you for the many successful prayers in my own life that have been answered, and I pray for many more. Um, but, Lord, I pray that you'd help me to apply the, the first three aspects uh, to my prayer life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.